The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. A pleasure to have you along as Los Angeles Clippers have struck in free agency. We have seen a couple of moves as the Clippers have brought in Sergi Baca. They have traded for Luke Kennard. Montrez Harrell has left for the Los Angeles Lakers, which is Quite the stunning development. Jermichael Green has gone to the Nuggets. Plenty of stuff to break down. And we're going to have our friend Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film on to chat about all the moves of free agency because it is a fun time. It really came out of nowhere. I mean, you look and all of a sudden free agency started and training camp starts soon and then the regular season just one month away. So a lot to break down with Justin. Before we get to that, I got to tell you about our new product launch over at HoopBall, guys. If you play fantasy sports, this, I got to tell you, it is unbelievable what HoopBall is doing. This product, the HoopBall 360, it's the ultra early access to the Brewski 150, the wager pass, you can get the stuff over from the guys at the HoopBall gaming account, you get a DFS pass, Mike Apatria leading the crew over there, the fantasy pass, all of that, fantasy pass, DFS pass, wager pass, Early access to the Brewski 150, HoopBall VIP, it is $12.99 per month. If that's a little too much for you, and frankly, I understand it's in tough times right now, some people are out of work, you can get some of these individually, whether it's the DFS pass, the wager pass, the fantasy pass, the Brewski 150, all those will come individually for about $4.99. So go ahead, go to hoop-ball.com and get your products. It is unbelievable what we have to offer, whether it's the DFS stuff you love, or it's just the gambling stuff you love, or maybe it's just the fantasy stuff and the Brewski 150 that you want, or you want access during the regular season to these guys and the premium shows. We've got all that stuff for you. So head over to hoop-ball.com to get your stuff, as we are only one month away from the start of the season. And finally, before we get to Justin... Got to tell you about our friends over at ExpressVPN. We all know how VPN protects your privacy and security online, but VPN also can help you watch shows and movies from all over the world. It takes your TV watching game and your sports watching game to the next level. All you got to do is fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location, whether it's the stuff you want to watch in the UK, change your location to the UK. There's Premier League, perhaps, you want to watch there. Refresh. And there you go. You are ready to go. ExpressVPN hides your IP address, lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through and all the different sports you can watch. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but I use ExpressVPN to watch shows and movies. It's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem at all. Compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen. Visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself. Expressvpn.com slash hoopball. All right, enough of me. Let's talk some hoops with Justin Wilson. All right, you heard this guy plenty of times throughout the postseason, and we said we were going to bring him back once free agency started. 
and free agency started and I guess there was a bang and a couple of bangs, but not a big bang, just a, a couple of small bangs. And uh, let's go ahead and start with Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film, of course. I want to kind of go in order, um, but I want to start first with a guy that we talked about a lot and we said time and time again was someone that just didn't make sense for this roster. And although he wasn't the first one that came to the Clippers, um, or rather, he was not the first one that left the Clippers. Let's talk about Trez, uh, because he's someone that I know you and I have gone back and forth on a lot over the last five, six months or so. And there was all this talk about Zoo and the minutes that he was stealing from Zoo. And we saw time and time again that Trez would play 16 to 18 straight minutes from the third to the fourth quarter, and Zoo would stay off the floor. Now that he's gone and he's on the Lakers. How do you feel? Because a bit of me is nervous that he's just going to all of a sudden turn the corner on the Lakers, but I think you're going to tell me that he's not going to change and he's still going to be a defensive liability on the Lakers. Yeah, so um, first of all, I I want to, you know, give a salute to Trez. Yes, Um, absolutely. Montrez Harold was someone that, you know, when the Lob City dispersed and there was no Chris Paul and there was no Blake Griffin on this team. He was a big reason why we kept our relevance. He was a big reason why we were able to make the playoffs. And um, he was a huge, he's, he's, he's a very appealing player and he's very talented offensively. And um, I do wish him the best of luck. Um, he's a very talented player. Um, he signed a two-year deal with the Lakers with a player option. And hopefully he plays well enough to get back into free agency next year and get the payday that he um, that he was seeking. Um, that being said, I mean, and he did get a raise. He did get a raise with them. But that being said, um, no, I don't think he's going to change with the Lakers because I don't think it's a um, – I think it's a tangible thing that he can't change, right? Like he is, he is 6'7", whether he plays for the Lakers or the Clippers. He is not going to score outside of three feet, whether he plays for the Lakers or the Clippers. And I don't think Vogel or LeBron or AD, they can't coach that up. Like he's not going to be a rim protector. And he's never been a guy that's been especially switchable. And I don't foresee that changing. And um, I'd be if I was and obviously this is a clipper pod, so it's going to sound kind of biased, but I'd be leery of playing Trez in the playoffs. There is a lot of tape and a lot of film on him that suggests that, you know, he's not a guy that you want on the floor in the playoffs. He tanked an entire series for the Clippers, which um, would make me hesitant if I was any other contender to sign him. But the Lakers took a gamble. Um, I I would rather have Dwight Howard than Montrezl Harrell. I don't care about the age when you're trying to win a championship right now. But the Lakers made a decision that um, they wanted to go younger. Um, to a degree, it's understandable, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have looked at Trez's performance, not just in the bubble, but last year entirely. And I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have looked at him and thought that, oh, he's a center that I'd want on my um on my championship level team. Um the Lakers to me, they actually went in reverse, right? So their their strength last year was 
Biggs with rim protection with McGee and with Howard and with Davis and now gone is Howard and now probably JaVel will be gone too and you're replacing it with a center who we're not even sure is all that playable in the playoffs so I'm not sure it's going to go all too well with the Lakers, but it might. You know, Anthony Davis is tremendous. LeBron James is tremendous. Vogel is a great defensive coach. They That's a great defensive um, franchise there right now. So maybe they can hide his deficiencies enough that it's not as glaring. But yeah, he just wasn't a fit for, for what the Clippers are trying to accomplish in any way, shape, or form. And he scored a lot of points. He helped win a lot of games in the regular season. But with Kawhi and PG, that's not the goal here. And we're looking for more long-term, low-variance, more sustainability. And I think that's what we accomplished um, in free agency so far. Yeah, I mean, the one thing with Trez, and I I do want to echo what you were saying, that what he did for the Clippers, especially during the regular season, winning sixth man, I mean, he's a guy that got you points. He got you rebounds when, like you said, I mean, I think you tweeted it, And I think you made a really good point where you said in the second game of a back-to-back in January, that's a guy that you want on the floor, someone that's going to bring a ton of energy. But when it comes to the playoffs and you need someone to guard Jokic, when you have to sit Zoo, he's not the guy. And the Clippers needed to recognize that. And you and I went back and forth about this. The amount of money that Trez must have lost himself during the bubble. Because you look at the amount of money that was handed out to some really mediocre players. I mean, you could say, and this is, I get this is a little bit of a hyperbole, but you look at what Gordon Hayward got with four years, 120, and Hayward has not been the same guy that he was three years ago. Trez could have gotten at least half of that. I mean, that could have been 60 million. So he must have cost himself 50 to 60 million. And like you said, it's very possible that he goes back on the market and he gets the amount of money that he wanted. But the defense has always been an issue. And you've been calling that out for a long time. You've been one of the first in line there to say that it's going to be a problem. He, he can't be taking minutes away from Zoo. And when he does have to play, it's a problem. So I don't really want to get into as much as what's going to happen in the Lakers because you're right. The Lakers, one of their strengths in that Miami series was their defense. I mean, they stopped Miami in their tracks. And now you go ahead and you lose Howard, you lose Danny Green, and you bring in, you lose Avery Bradley, who, eh, whatever. Uh, I mean, you bring in these guys, perhaps Marcus Gasol is someone they're going to bring in. You have Trez. You're bringing in guys, and you lose Rondo, too, that aren't as good defensively. And the Lakers' calling card was their defense, so I don't think they're going to be as good. But I want to attack this from the Clippers' side. And so Harrell out, Ibaka in. Tell me how much of an upgrade that is defensively. Because we'll get into the offense in a second. Because I think that's interesting how they change with Ibaka on the floor offensively. But defensively, what does he bring? Um, So it's a massive, massive, massive um, upgrade defensively. Exacerbated by the fact that there's no Jamichael Green there anymore either. So... It's it. You have somebody there that he's not really as athletic as he used to be. So defending fours isn't really in his toolbox anymore, even though depending on the matchup, he can he can play some four. But ultimately, what you're getting in someone who in big spot minutes in the playoffs can protect the rim at seven feet and and can like rebound like one of the things that. I, I've been critical with Trez is, is that he had the effort that he displays defensively 
Um, he's one of those guys that he he has mastered the aesthetic of looking like he plays hard and offensively under the basket he does. But um, sneakily, he's a guy that lacks some real effort defensively, rebounding the ball, defending the ball on switches and things like that. And those are all things that Abaka can shore up in a major, major way. So when you put Zoo on the bench, um, one of the things that the Clippers suffered big time with last year, especially in the playoffs in the bubble, was that when Zoo went to the bench, the, f- the defense completely cratered. It completely cratered all over itself, um, and they were hemorrhaging points. And if they're going to, as a at the time of this recording, Lou Williams and Lou Kennard are still on the team. And if that's the case, then they needed they desperately needed um, somebody at the backup five position that was going to keep the defense, the defensive integrity at least intact a little bit until Zoo comes back onto the floor. And they got the best one on the market for that in Serge Ibaka. And I, I know we're going to get into the offense a bit, and that's what really puts it over the top. But defensively, he's just a world's better player than um, Montrezl Harold. It's not even close. And I'm, I don't say that to disrespect Montrezl Harold, but you're talking about at a time he was one of the best rim protectors of his generation since he came into the league in Serge Ibaka. So you're getting somebody who's going to clean up the boards, who's seven feet, who will protect the rim, and he'll really, really, really help out the guards. And you kind of saw that that hurt us in the playoffs. And so credit to the Clippers front office for really tackling that head on and really seeing what we saw and going after it aggressively to rectify that um, that defensive uh, situation there. And we know with offensive, I mean, offensively, that Ibaka is a guy that can stretch the floor. I mean, he's someone that can shoot the three ball. He can actually make a shot that is greater than three feet, like you said. Um, that really was Harold's limitation. And a guy that you don't have to be worried about as much at the free throw line, if I'm, uh, if I remember my numbers correctly with Ibaka at the line. So it's one of those things where you have someone offensively that brings a lot to the table in the second unit and can also help out defensively. So offensively, comparing the two games, do you think that it hurts them not having a guy that can get the ball on the perimeter and attack the hoop like Harrell could? Or do you think they're still okay defend or still okay offensively with that second unit? So I think I think one of the things that hurt the Clippers was the fact that Trez did that. And I say that because, you know, the Clippers would stagger a lot. And Paul George would be the guy that would be in the second unit with Montrez Harold. And Montrez Harold, instead of deferring to Paul George, would oftentimes seek his own isolation to score. And in a regular season, that's fine, but you're operating in bad process when you do that because it's not going to work in the playoffs. Um, we harp we harp a lot on Montrezl Harrell's defense in the bubble, but really one of the main things that hurt the Clippers also was the fact that offensively he wasn't nearly as potent as he normally as he normally would be, and that's in large part because the game slows down and he's going to be playing like seven footers with size come playoff time, whether that's Jokic or whether that's Anthony Davis or something like that. And so offensively, he's not even as good as he is in the regular season. And so for me, I like to, I wanted the Clippers to start to operate more in good process, things that are more sustainable for the playoffs, not just things that are when you games in like January. And that's where Serge Ibaka offensively um, helps 
in a huge way because picking and popping with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, that's hard to cover. And you make the and you make the job of an Anthony Davis or a Nikola Jokic much harder because they have to guard the five at the three point line. And, you know, last year we had one center on the roster and um and Zubak. We had one center and we were closing games with Montrez Herald. This year I wouldn't mind closing games with Serge Ibaka, and he makes them a hell of a lot harder to defend down the stretch. Anthony Davis can't camp out at the rim. Whoever Whoever's defending our fives can't cap out at the rim like they could with Montrezl Harrell. So that floor spacer who can make the defense work and make, and make life easier for Kawhi and PG will just pay dividends as we move forward. You just said something that's going to lead into my next question, and that is you mentioned that you wouldn't be concerned with Ibaka closing games. However, we said time and time again that Zoo needs to play more minutes. How worried are you that Ibaka steals minutes that should be going to Zoo? That we were saying time and time again that Harrell was stealing from Zoo. Zoo needs to play 28 to 30. Look at the amount of minutes that he does or how many minutes he plays and how good they are defensively when he's on the floor in Zoo. Are you worried at all about the temptation to play Ibaka minutes and have him steal Zoo's minutes? Nah, I mean, at this moment in time, at this exact juncture, no. Because I think Ty Lu has said all the right things, and in Cleveland, he kind of showed that he's willing to do what it takes to win. Yeah. And so I think what's most appropriate here is that Serge will challenge um, zoo for minutes and to me that's good like zoo is a young center and that should only help him right like like it's not a bad thing that he's being challenged for minutes that being said i think whoever deserves to close a game on that given night will be able to and i think lou will will lou will have the balls to close with um surge if necessary or close with zoo if it's necessary and i think what's most important though is that we have that optionality like that that's an option here and i think with doc and last year closing with trez come playoff time especially was never the right option personally like that was never the right thing to do and if zoo got into early foul trouble it was a it was a train wreck because Montrose Harold was someone who I just didn't feel was a playoff caliber player for us it got to that point and so it's it's a good it's a good I don't know if you would call it a problem but it's a good problem to have in which we have two very much two quality centers that can close games if necessary. And even if we wanted to go even smaller with Marcus Morris closing at the five, if necessary. So that's three centers right there who I think are quality that um, give Ty Lu a lot to work with. And that's way more that we can work with than we had last season at the center position. So no, I'm not, I'm not worried about it just because each option is actually viable. Unlike last year. And we mentioned last year that Doc has so many different guys that he can go to and so many different lineups he can go to. And that's the hardest part of coaching is figuring out which ones work. And at the end, Doc couldn't figure out which ones worked. And now Lou's going to have to do something in the regular season. He's going to have to play Zoo big minutes. He's going to have to play Zoo with Ibaka. He's going to have to do a lineup with Ibaka at the five with Morris, Kawhi, and PG. He needs to see how all these lineups work. And not only the eye test, 
He needs to look at the analytics, and he needs to see what the rating is with them on and off the floor and with those groups together because the more that you try these things out and have a large sample size, the better off you will be come playing to playoff time because that's what the regular season needs to be for this Clippers team. It needs to be for Lou to figure out which combinations work best. And once you figure that out, you need to get chemistry with that group together so that they are ready to rock and roll come playoff time. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree with that. And um, the last part that you mentioned, the on-court chemistry um, was something that like, I'm actually optimistic about because a lot of the players that were in our rotation last year are back, right? Like the starting five is back. As of right now, Lou Williams is still in the picture. So the top six is all still there. Um, Luke Kennard is a, is a new addition that I'm 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 ecstatic about. I, I I couldn't be more ecstatic about with um, Luke. Just just worried a little bit about his health, but he's an upgrade. But we have we have enough of um, players returning that I think off the top of my head we have like seven guys if you count Patrick Patterson, Lou Williams, the starting five that are returning and all of that should aid in that on court chemistry. They got real reps last year. It didn't end the way that we wanted to, that we wanted it to, but those were real reps that are that's going to help with the on court chemistry this year. And yeah, as you said, like the regular season we have enough talent that we're going to win games. We are going to win games, but it's on Ty Lu to operate in good process. It's on Ty Lu to figure things out as far as um, lineup data is concerned. And I'm confident that he will. He's got a really, really fun and really good roster to work with. And I don't think they're done. I think I think there there's some more moves to be made here that'll shore up the roster. And I'm almost certain it'll happen in the coming days. Um and and I'm optimistic about that as well. But um, the on-court chemistry is something that um, will come along. It'll come along. And I think last year, all in all, was a step in that right direction. What do, what do you think is going to happen? What uh, moves do you think are made? We're recording this at 10.50 Pacific time on Sunday morning. What, what do you think happens? Well, it's funny because um, – and I'm in a group chat with one of the biggest Clipper fans, uh, Jesse Beer. Shout out Jesse Beer. Um, he, we were talking this morning, and I said Kent Bazemore would be nice for us because I think that they they are a little short at the at the small forward position. And literally, like ten minutes after that, it came out that Kent Bazemore is signing with the Golden State Warriors. And Andrew Grief from um, the LA Times mentioned how the Clippers, as of yesterday, was talking with with Kent Bazemore to sign. So I think um, I know they they looked into Tory Craig, and I don't I don't know I, I I Nicholas Batum was bought out. Um, he's been pretty bad, but for the minimum, maybe um, there was some there was a rumor that came out this morning that um, Marcus Morris' brother, um, Markeith Morris, was interested in joining him with the Clippers. So I think I think some minimum stuff that is sure up the roster from a from a forward perspective. I think they're a forward short. Um, it gets kind of dicey if they don't get another one because as it stands right now, it looks like Patrick Patterson is going to play actual real minutes. And I don't I don't necessarily think that that would be optimal. But, um, yeah, if if I if I had to guess something like a Markeith Morris um, signing is on the horizon and I don't think they're done. And I think even Dan Wojcik, um wrote about this morning that. 
the word around the NBA is that the Clippers are working under something and that they have something major under their sleeve. So by a lot of accounts, they're not done here. They are not done here. Serge Ibaka was just Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard was just the tip of the iceberg. So I'm actually anxious to see what happens within the next week for them. Um, Cause training camp is like less than a few days away, which is kind of crazy to say, but yeah, I do not think they're done with in the transaction um, process. Let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at MyBookie. You've heard me talk about them before and how easy it is to gamble with MyBookie.ag. Whether you are a beginner or someone that's been in the game for a while, MyBookie.ag has you covered. We've got NFL currently going on, college football, Premier League, sports galore that I know you want to bet on. And mybookie.ag has you covered. I know the NBA season just one month away. You can start betting on games. They not only have the lines before the game starts, they've got live lines as well that you can bet on. It's unbelievable. And if you are a beginner or even if you are someone that considers yourself very smart when it comes to this type of stuff and you know the lines and you know the things that you want to bet on, don't forget about our friends over at Hoopball Gaming. They can help you out if you look at that wager pass I mentioned it before. They are going to get you covered. It's unbelievable what these guys can do at Hoopball Gaming. They release their plays. They release some free plays. And, of course, they have the plays for the premium subscribers as well. Whether it's Ira, whether it's Devin, those guys have you covered. So go to that Hoopball Gaming account, and they'll hook you up. So use that information you get from them and go to mybookie.com. A-G. It's so easy to use. Use the code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. Also, they've got these free blackjack tournaments, which are actually pretty cool. No cash required to enter. You can win up to 100 in the daily ones and up to 1,000 in the weekly tourneys. you got to love a chance at free cash. So go to mybookie.ag and use the code HOOPBALL and get in the game. So you didn't mention any guards, which brings us to... All the way at the start, the draft day trade that saw Landry Shamit get traded to Brooklyn and the Clippers somehow were able to get Luke Kennard, who's a sniper, and four second round picks. And they have four second round picks from a team that just decided that they're going to play five on five with five guys that are basically six, eight and taller. So (laughs) let's talk about that deal because... We discussed Shaman at length throughout the regular season in the playoffs and a guy that was tremendous in that Warrior series two years ago that saw him play really good defense against Clay and Steph, saw him hit a timely three. The the three and D was there for Landry Shaman. He was not as good this season. He did have a lot of one for eight type games. The Clippers get a guy in Luke Kennard that can hit six or seven threes in a game and I think do it more consistently then Landry Shamit. I loved the deal when it happened. I thought that Kennard did a really good job when given minutes to do what he needed to do, and that is make a bunch of threes. He also has the ability to step in and hit his jump shots, where Shamit is someone we didn't really see that as much. How do you think the Clippers came out on this deal? Because I know you've been kind of hot and cold on Landry, but you've posted some videos on what Kennard can bring. Um. Yes, yeah, so like, you know, Landry had a 
down year. Um, a lot, a lot of that was just because, uh, for one, he was injured. He was injured quite a bit, and then he ended up getting COVID. So, like, it, from just from a health perspective, it wasn't the luckiest year for him. And moving to the bench kind of hurt him. Um, having to find his way with Lou Williams and later Reggie Jackson, it was an awkward fit for him. But even in the bubble, when he was playing with the starters, um, the results were really great. Like they were fantastic. And so literally as of a week ago, um, I was optimistic about what he would do under Ty Lu, um, Ty Lu's offense. You know, um, Lou was, Lou has been, um, really pushing that the Clippers should shoot more threes, something that I agree with. The amount of shooters on this team should suggest that you should be way closer to five than like 17 when it comes to three point um, rate. Uh, I, I was optimistic that he was going to have a bounce back year. But with that being said, this is just a credit to the Clippers front office because they turned Landry Shaman essentially into um, Luke Kennard, who is flat out a better player. He is about two steps ahead of Landry Shamit and he he kind of represents everything that the Clippers wanted Landry Shamit to become maybe a year or two from now right he's a sniper who's like a career 40 plus percent three-point shooter but that's actually to me not the biggest appeal it's the fact that he's going to be playing a ton of point guard for us and you know for for the Pistons the Pistons had the mini camp like in September and he was playing point guard for them the entire time there the Pistons were set on him playing at least almost starting him at the point. So I think on nights where Patrick Beverly is hurt or can't play, you're going to see a lot of um, Luke Kennard uh, playing at the point guard position. And that may be the upgrade that the Clippers were looking for from, from the point guard position. It's something that nobody talked about, but that's how the Clippers front office works. It's very sneaky. And, you know, he's somebody that he obviously he can do everything Landry Shaman can do. He can spot up. He can come off screens. But one thing that he's much farther along in development at than Landry Shaman was is you can put the ball in Luke Kennard's hands. You can play pick and roll with him. He is a real playmaker. He is someone that can um, you can run offense through. You can run pick and roll with while Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are on the floor. And he's a better shooter off the dribble than Landry Shamit is. And so the best the best way that I can describe Luke Kennard is that he literally does everything that Landry Shamit does except better while also being a much better playmaker with the ball. So it's a massive upgrade. And, you know, he's had some knee issues. He couldn't, I think he only played like 28 games last year. Um, he hasn't played basketball in, I I think, almost a year by the time the season starts. Um, so he's got to get that figured out. Um, but if he's healthy, which by all accounts in Detroit, he's he's been healthy um, this summer and in minicamp, he, he was deemed healthy. Um, by all accounts, it's a massive upgrade, and that's a win. That's a win. And I know Abaka is getting all of the love right now, but they upgraded that Landry Shaman position, and they upgraded the Reggie Jackson position um, with with Luke Kennard. He's a he's a big he's a big time player, and I'm anxious to see him play for the Clippers. Um, well done by um, Lawrence Frank in the front office. Well done. Do you think he's more likely to play off the ball or play the point in the reserve unit with Lou Williams? That's tricky because I'm actually not sure that Lou Williams won't be moved. 
And I know that uh, Lou Williams is one of my favorite Clippers of all time, but the 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 fit with between him and um, Kennard is shaky. It's shaky, especially defensively. But I think it's one of those things that um, I think Luke Kennard would play more on the ball. Um, I think he's a better point guard than um, Lou Williams is. But both of them. Both of them are fine playmakers, and I think offensively it worked really, really, really well. And if that is the case that we go into next season with Luke Kennard and Lou Williams in the backcourt for the second unit, that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade, and I think we'll end up, up we'll end up signing like a a Shabazz Napier or something like that to take that Reggie Jackson spot. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, I think you'll see a whole lot of point guard play from Luke Kennard. And I think whoever hasn't seen it, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with his with his ability as a ball handler, as a playmaker, and in addition to his ability as a shooter. The one thing with trading Lou Williams is that you're putting a lot of eggs in that Kennard basket and hoping that he stays healthy. Because if he gets hurt and you don't have Lou Williams – your second unit turns out to not be very good and not have many scores. You don't have Lou Williams. You don't have Montrez Harrell. You don't have many guys that can go get their own bucket. So that's the one thing that I think will be interesting for the Clippers to do is to find somebody that if they don't keep Lou Williams, that they have somebody that can get themselves an easy 8 to 10 points off the bench. Because if not... Then you run to some real problems, Justin. If you lose Kennard for a lengthy period of time, your second unit just doesn't look good. And I mean that's 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 absolutely true. And there's and there's no guarantee that Lou Williams. I mean the the Lou Williams would be traded just because it's hard to find an upgrade for him, right? He's really really good. Um, but it, it all depends on what you net back in that Lou Williams trade, right? Um, there is a chance that, um, there is a chance that, you know, if you trade for a George Hill, if you trade for a, um, if you trade for a, well, scary Terry's been mentioned several times too. Yeah. And he's someone who shot 40% from three last year. Um, he's, he, I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but yeah. um, I, I. I don't think they would trade Lou Williams without um, having another guard lined up that could score, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I. I. I get that concern, and I, I'm not actually. Sh- I'm not sure that they'll move on, but um, it's it's something that I'm. I'm almost certain that like you see that they moved on from Trez. I think there's a very real chance that they could move on from Lou from Lou Williams. Excuse me, but. Um, your point is well taken, and that may be one of the reasons why we keep Lou Williams. And one of the things that we have to remember is that they um they they are one of the more active teams at the deadline every year. So even even what the roster that they carry on opening night probably won't be the same roster that they have after the deadline anyway. So that's something to always keep in mind as well. That's a really good point. And the one thing about Lou Williams is when he signed, everyone said, how did that? How did they do that? How did they get him to sign such a team-friendly deal? So he's a very good chip that you could possibly trade. Uh, Marcus Morris, someone that was very good when he came to the Clippers last year, I think was very underrated. There is some talk on Clippers Twitter that losing him 
and keeping Jermichael Green would have been a better move and that Green could do whatever Morris did. I, I don't agree with that. I just don't think that Green is as good of a scorer as Marcus Morris. I think that what Marcus Morris can do in his ability to switch and play different positions. I just think that Morris is so integral to what the Clippers want to do in what he can do in switching with Kawhi and PG and his ability to play the five. You can talk about his contract and maybe it was a little much, but at the same time, I think you needed to overpay because if you lost him, I think you were in big trouble. Do you think they overpaid or do you think that's a move they needed to make? Yeah, so I don't think the Marcus Morris contract was a massive overpay uh, maybe maybe it was because it, I, it's hard to say right because you don't know exactly who was bidding against the clippers and you don't know what other teams were out there against for the clippers i know that um i know that there there's there's a I, you just know that there's a team out there other than the Clippers that was going to be willing to pay him. Well, Denver. And I, I mean, think what's the most important. Th- there was rumors about Denver and how they wanted Jamichael Green and Marcus Morris. So it's possible that after the Clippers saw Jamichael Green get taken, that they're like, "All right, screw this. We actually have to pony up, right?" Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think it's even even beyond Denver. I'm sure that there there's some sneaky team out there that was willing to give Marcus Morris a bloated one year deal or or a heavy one two year deal or something like that. And for a team like the Clippers that's in win now that traded real assets for Marcus Morris at the deadline last year, it just made no sense to let Marcus Morris go. And so I think they just had to do what they had to do to um, resign him. And I think. There is no there's no way that they could replace him like the cap just doesn't work like that. You can't just say, hey, um, if we don't sign Mike Marcus Morris, we have all this money that we can use to re- to sign someone else. And it doesn't work like that. They weren't going to be able to replace him. If you look at the wings that were on this market, none of them were as good as Marcus Morris, in my opinion. Um, or and, and I think more 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 aptly, um, none of them would have been as useful for us because you have to think of it like this. I, I, I explained this to a friend the other day. I said, the Clippers engage in a team that their team, that's going to have guys sitting out, right? They're, they're in it for the long haul. So they're going to be, they're going to have guys like Kawhi Leonard sitting out back to backs. They're going to have Paul George um, injury managing throughout the year as well. I'm, 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 I'm assuming, especially with this condensed 72 game season, and so you're going to need guys that when when um, when Kawhi Leonard is out, that you're going to need those guys to win to win games like when it matters. And I think um, Marcus Morris is one of the guys that I'm paying attention to that can pick up the slack that um, that maybe uh, Montrezl Harold left. Right. He was one of those guys that. When Kawhi Leonard was sitting out back to backs, when our energy was low, when on, when we had off nights with, from our stars, he was a guy that could give you a 25 point game to carry us to a random win in like a February 2nd game. And that's something that Marcus Morris is fully capable of. Um, he's probably going to play more minutes this year. He's going to play play a lot more positions this year from the three all the way down to the five, probably. And I think he was incredibly useful for us. There were times where he was the second best player for us in the playoffs last year. Um, he hit some big shots last year. And, you know, the series for him ended badly against Denver the last couple of games. But for the most part, he was fine. He was fine and he was incredibly useful. And I look forward to him having a more expansive role for the Clippers next year. I'm a fan. 
I'm a fan. Um, he's an incredibly polarizing player, but I'm a fan of his. And I think we only got a glimpse of how good he can be for us. And he's going to be a big reason why we win big next year. And he's someone that you can put in that second unit that if you need a bucket, he's someone that can do that. He, he is someone that you can yep. be happy to put in that second unit with a guy like Ibaka, for example, and then whatever guards you're going to put in that you know can get those eight to ten points that I'm talking about. So he you're, you make a good point with the whole salary cap thing. is Just because you give him that $16 million a year doesn't mean all of a sudden you have that $16 million a year to give someone else. You do get those rights based on having a player, and you're able to work your salary cap in a certain way when you actually do have a player. The last guy I want to talk about, Jermichael Green. You and I loved this guy and what he brought to the table, uh, not only offensively and his ability to spread the floor and hit threes, but his ability to hit rebounds, and he really crashed the glass, and he gave effort. Jermichael Green will be a big loss, um, and how big of a loss do you think that is for the Clippers? I'll say that it would have been a gigantic loss if um, if we couldn't sign Serge Ibaka. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a damn good player, and you know, it he was so underutilized by Doc all season long he had one of the best small ball fives in the league and he was just the hell set on having Tress play the the center position the backup center position the entire time and i think one of the things that jermichael green gave us was an ability to play small if necessary at the center position right he was one of those guys that unlike Montrezl Harold he could finish at the rim but he could also shoot from three and he was he's one of the best defensive rebounding um backup fives that we had last year and so he did a lot for us man and and he was a, I was a fan of his he's one of my I guess I don't know if he was a fan favorite, but he was one of my favorites. And when he left, I was actually saddened by it. Um, and I didn't see any immediate way that we could replace him. But the picture kind of cleared up when we signed Serge. You know, we can um, you could have Serge play backup five if need be. You could have Marcus Morris play backup five if you wanted to go super small. And so I think. You can piece together between Serge Ibaka and Marcus Morris, and even if Kawhi Leonard were to play some four, um, you can find a way to make up the um, make up the uh, Jamichael Green um, minutes that we lost. And honestly, if Jamichael Green is the reason why we're not good enough to win a championship, then we have bigger things to worry about. Yeah. But no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, it's gonna hurt. But. I, I I do think we have the roster to more than make up for his loss. But yeah, he's a great player. Um, I'm happy that he went to a good team in Denver where he'll have a chance to compete in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it's it's a loss. It's a it's there's no doubt about it. He hurts. He hurts, you know, small ball fives who can shoot threes and defend as well as he can. Um, they don't they're not they're not that um plentiful around the league. So He's going to be a loss, but we have the roster to make up for it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm looking for I'm looking forward to seeing how we go about that. The Clippers lose Landry Shamit, they lose Montrez Harrell, they lose Jermichael Green, but they bring in Ibaka and they bring in Kennard, they bring back Marcus Morris and Patrick Patterson. So overall, I think it was it, it was successful. It may not look on paper that the Clippers did much. But I think by getting a coach that's more willing to adjust on the fly, by getting a player in Montrez Harrell out of there that 
will take minutes away from guys that need to be there by getting someone in Ibaka that can be a nice tutor to Zoo as well. I think the Clippers made some pretty good moves, Justin. Overall, I'd grade it a pretty successful offseason given how much money you had to work with. No, absolutely. I think I think on paper right now they're better. I, I, I think on paper right now they're better. Just from the standpoint of they would have been automatically better if they had just let Trez walk and replace Doc Rivers. But they not only let Trez walk, they replaced him with someone that's a much better player. And that alone, to me, makes them better. And then they replaced Landry Shamit with a player who's better in um, Luke Kennard. So I think this offseason, which still isn't done, I, I truly believe that it's still not done and there's still work that they're going to, that's there's still work to be done to um, finish out this roster. But as it stands right now, they are a better team right now that's more more suited to succeed deeper into the playoffs. And one of the things that, you know, we didn't get into that I'll, I'll just say it now, um, a lot of people, a lot of hit, a lot of like, um, Reports and a lot of articles came out after the season about chemistry issues and a lot of arguments. And you saw that player, you saw a player go to the Lakers of all teams. And they kind of, it kind of like, you know, you can, you can connect the dots. You can put two and two together. Who was the source for all of that dysfunction in the locker room? And so we're talking about all of the basketball things, but, you know, Trez leaving the locker room could have a, it could have an effect in a positive way in that in that respect as well, right? Like like there's there there's I think a lot of the chemistry issues and a lot of the issues in general um, went back to Trez, and so um, him leaving not only is a basketball benefit for us, but it also it also could do volumes as far as the morale in the locker room as well. So all in all, it's been a successful offseason so far. We got better, and I think we'll get even more better in the coming days and weeks ahead. Yep. I, I was thinking that Trez thing as we were talking about him and the whole leaks thing. And when you see someone that's talking about the Clippers and in a way that seems a little sketchy, that it, it did seem like it was possible that Trez may have been leaking some stuff to Chris Haynes and whoever else. So uh, it, who knows if it was true, but nonetheless, I think the locker room is in better shape than it was beforehand. There clearly were some issues. Um, there were issues with Doc when he had the Lob City Clippers, and there were issues this year, it seemed like, in the locker room. So hopefully the Clippers can turn the page and go after a title this year because, like you said, I think they are in better position right now. So we'll now have to see. I mean, we are now about a month away. From the season starting, we are exactly... Isn't that crazy? Yeah, one month. It's November 22nd. December 22nd is when the season starts. So before you know it, the Clippers will be starting their 2020-2021 season. And you know that Justin Wilson will be with us along the way throughout. At LA Clippers Film, Justin Wilson. Big thanks, my man. No, thank you. Thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Justin Wilson. Love having him on. He gives some tremendous insight into the Clippers and... What they do, I mean, you hear the names, obviously, Sergi Baca, you hear Montrez Harrell leaving, but there's more to the stats and what these guys bring offensively and defensively, and Justin always has a great job breaking that down. So a big thank you to him. Before we go, have to give a big shout-out to our friends over at Manscaped. You've heard me talk about them before. They just released the new Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. You've heard me talk about their new 
products and they've done a tremendous job with basically everything they put out there has just been fantastic. I mean, whether it's the trimmer that you want to use below the belt or now this new product, the nose and ear hair trimmer, you have those weird hair sticking out. I know it's a little embarrassing. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com and use the hoopball code, which is hoopball20. The free shipping will come with it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com. I don't know what you're waiting for. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Tell them I sent you. Use that code hoopball20 at manscaped.com. Tremendous ear trimmer, nose trimmer. Use it. Love it. Tell me how much you love it, and then just be happy. I mean, we're going to be outside one of these days. We're going to get outside and be out and about. So go ahead and do that. And also, please give us a five-star rating and review the podcast as well on iTunes. It does help a lot. And of course, you can always check us out at hoopball.com. Hoop-ball.com. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back next time with some more content as free agency continues. And before you know it, the regular season, just one month away. I'm Brandon Marcus, and we'll talk to you next time. Until then, go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.